Welcome to Inbound Sales Journey. If you want to hone your sales skills and learn from the leaders on inbound selling, you've come to the right place. This episode of Inbound Sales Journey is brought to you by the Agency Sales System, the online course designed specifically to teach you how to build a rock-solid agency sales system inside your HubSpot CRM. Learn more at doinbound.com slash sales course. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan and Greg. Welcome back to Inbound Sales Journey, another week, another episode. I'm your host, Gray McKenzie, joined by Ryan Herman. If you guys missed us last week... You missed one of our lengthiest podcasts to date where we talked about inbound agency salespeople compensation plans. How do you pay your sales reps? That was a doozy. Um, we've gotten a bunch of questions about that in the past. If you guys missed that one, head back and listen. But while you're here, stick with us this week. <laughs> We're going to be talking about using assignment selling when selling game plans, retainers, partnerships, projects. Whatever it is, we're going to dive into that. Ryan, I'm going to let you talk in a second, but first I'm going to give a hat tip to our man, Marcus Sheridan, over at the sales line. Uh, he was the first guy. I don't know if he was the first guy to use it, but first guy who I heard the term assignment selling from. And um, we've obviously used that a lot at our agency. Used it, didn't know what it was called before hearing about it, heard about it, and embraced it and have started using that terminology basically just during the sales process. You're making sure that there's a distribution of work and you are putting some onus on your prospect to do work between calls and prepare for things and, and show that they're really engaged and interested during the sales process. And that obviously um, has had a very positive ROI for uh, in our experience and in our work and in so many other agencies. So enough of that, Ryan, I'm going to ask you the question, how do I, as an agency owner, agency salesperson, use assignment selling when I'm selling either inbound marketing game plans or partnerships? Great. You're all sorts of giddy this morning. I'm feeling pretty giddy. Is that all right? <laughs> That's all right. No, that was good. You came in, came in hot with that intro. I like it. Assignment selling. This is, I really like assignment selling. Here's why. I one of my biggest pet peeves naturally, I think, as a salesperson is people who are wasting my time, uh, kicking the tires, trying to just talk with a thousand agencies and really no great understanding of what they want to do, what they're thinking about doing. Now, just to be sure I heard you clearly, that annoys you? <laughs> no, I love it. No, yeah, it's horrible. Yes, please take my time and don't pay me anything. Right, exactly. So time wasters. I mean, you can't work in sales and I don't care what industry you're in, this always happens. Like there are just people, I swear that just, that's like where they get their joy from is just wasting salespeople's time. They just ask a bunch of questions, no real intent in buying. And so the goal is how do we identify who those people are quickly and how do we just know when to move on? And so this one, this episode, Gray, ties in pretty nicely with our next episode, which we're going to talk about, which is when do you actually give up on a prospect? But assignment selling is the tool, the key that you use to figure out, okay, when are we approaching that, that mark and that time? So the thought is this. Someone comes to you, they either come through your website or you, know, you have your connect call, your phone call with them, and they're trying to figure out you know, what do you guys offer in terms of services at your agency? Are we a good fit? Um, these are my problems that I have. Can you guys help solve these? That type of thing. Assignment selling does not have to be complicated. Okay, it just ha it has to be simple, but it has to be effective, and you need to kind of stick by what you give people. So here are my thoughts laid out 
in an actual kind of sales model here, Greg. What we do is you always have the connect call. So there's the first phone call with a prospect who is interested in your services. So during that connect call, what I'm trying to figure out are a few different things. But one of the, the key things I try to figure out is what is the kind of pecking order at this company? So who is the person I'm talking to? How much authority do they really have? And how are decisions made at that company? Now, if they're the decision maker, that's great. You know, that's that's wonderful. You're already talking to the person, but a lot of times they're not going to be. If they are the decision maker, the assignment is simple. If there's anyone else who needs to be involved in this process who is going to help them make a decision, a primary influencer, someone like that, bring them on to the next call, to the qualifying call. If they are not the decision maker, their assignment is to get the decision maker onto the next call. Now, if someone is unwilling to do that, huge red flags for me to say, you might be the only person that cares about this at this company. And I could spend the next 10 hours of different phone calls and sending you stuff and creating different documents for you. So, but all that's going to happen is that person is going to take that and then pitch your services, your agency to their boss. And that almost never works out. So if their boss is not willing to hear from you personally, hey, you know, this is how we can help you and it's not a priority for them, big red flag, I'd say run the other direction because it's not the job of the marketing person that you're speaking to to sell your agency for you. It's your job. And if you aren't given the opportunity to do your job, then nothing's going to happen. The deal's not going to close anyways. So right. I've, I've got a couple of questions. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, but... Um... I, especially starting out, really struggled with this. Like, how do I ask these questions in a non-offensive way to be like, are you the person who's going to write me the check ultimately? <laughs> Probably don't want to like phrase it like that, Chris. So what are the ways that you ask this um, and how do you address it and then state firmly but without just instantly upsetting that person Look, I'm not really that interested in getting on the next call unless your boss is on that call. Mm -hmm. now, that's a good question, Gray. So the way that I approach it is this. Typically what I'll ask when I segue into trying to figure out what their um, company structure is like is I'll ask, you know, what is your role? How do, you know, like what, what is you, are you a marketing manager? Are you whatever? Usually I'll know that, Gray, coming in. Like there'll be something in HubSpot like, hey, and I'll look them up and do a little research. This is your title. So if I know their title, I'll say, hey, what does that mean? Like what, how do you function within the company? What's that look like? So they'll usually talk about that and then I'll ask, oh, so do you guys have like a marketing team there? You know, and then they'll talk a little bit about, you know, this is our structure and you get them talking that way about it. And then, Gray, the question that I always ask is basically, so how are you guys making a decision in terms of what agency to, to work with here? What does that decision-making process look like at your company? So it's not really offensive, but it is pretty direct. And that one's always really effective, right? Because there's not a whole lot of wiggle room for them to skirt around that. It's either going to be, well, I'm, you know, sometimes it's, well, I'm gathering some information and then I'm going to bring it to my bosses and try to present from there, uh, which that's the one I like to, <laughs> that's where you got to really dig in and say, no, no, that's not how, uh, it's going to work for us. Uh, but the other option is they can say, you know, ultimately this is my decision. Um, I'm just interviewing a few different agencies, but since I'm the head of marketing or whatever, uh, I'm going to decide what agency to go with. So then you understand, okay, good. Like this is the person I want to talk to. Now, if they say, um, 
you know, I'm just collecting names and trying to figure out what a good agency is. Like you don't want to immediately just be like, oh, well, it's not worth my time and give up. The conversation then turns something a little bit like, you know, I understand, you know, obviously there's a lot of agencies out there. You're trying to figure out who you want to work with. Um, you know, I think what would be best is if you could grab your manager in, in on this next call that we're going to have just to talk through what you guys are really looking for, it'd be helpful for me to be able to hear that as well. Now, when you start to get pushback there of, well, I can't do that or things like that, I don't think, Gray, that we've ever won a single deal when they've been compiling a list of agencies and they've got eight of them and then they bring them and try to pitch them all to a manager because what they're doing and the question you'll always get asked in that situation is what are your prices? And simply like we don't win on price. Like that's not what our agency is known for is being the cheapest. That's not really what we want to be known for. And the people who are approaching it that way are typically always approaching it just based on price. So honestly, Gray, we're going to talk about this in the next episode, but there's a pretty good chance that I'm giving that person up and just saying, look, you know, if this isn't uh, uh, like enough of a priority for, for your boss to kind of hear where we're coming from, we're probably not going to be the best agency to work with you if I can't kind of have that time uh, with you and with him or with her uh, to, to just have a conversation because we want to make sure that you guys are going to be a good fit to work with us as well. So not super, super offensive, but a little bit direct in that you have to kind of set that standard in the beginning, Gray, and have that conversation because ultimately I know since we're not a, uh, the cheapest agency out there, it's likely not going to turn into a, a, a client of ours anyway. So it doesn't really matter, you know, if, if it ultimately doesn't work out. And, and I've had conversations where that's that's how it ends, you know. Hey, we can't get my boss on on the call. All right, that's that's your decision. Then then we're not going to be a good fit for you guys. It's just not worth it. Yeah, I think that's uh, a great approach, and I think that it's uh, like you have to be fine. Just offending people if that's what it takes too to say, I'm not going to give you a quote and I'm not going to give you a price if I can't talk to the people who are going to be involved in the process and uh, who I need specific answers from like with some time uh, to be able to to present to them or hear from them uh, about what they're looking for. Like We put a lot of time and effort and I get my managers or my team involved in putting together this proposal and – uh, helping you guys understand what the project scope and contract is going to look like. Um, for me to put that in, I need to have the same amount of effort from your side. And so it's, it's, I mean, a very simple. I think that's why I love this, uh, this form early on in the process of assignment selling of, I need to get the decision makers on that call. Right. And you're not, you're not asking for a blood sample, you know, you're just asking for the person who is actually in authority to be on a call with you. And if the person who's making the decision doesn't have the time to hear what you have to say, not not a good fit. Not a good fit at all. Yep, definitely not. So that is kind of that first connect call. So that's the assignment. Bring the decision maker. If it is the decision maker, bring anyone else in that we need to talk to that you think is important to have here, you know, what what the the next stage is, the next process is. And that's brings us into the qualifying call. The qualifying call 
We have an episode on this, Gray, from from last season that kind of outlined this sales process. So if you're wondering, oh, what are you asking? How did these go? You can go back and, and check those out at uh, doingbound.com backslash sales journey. Uh, we'll, you can kind of see all the recaps and things there. But at the end of the qualifying call, what I'm asking them to do it typically is fill out the ROI calculator. And I'll let you talk a little bit more about that uh, once I'm done here, Gray. But fill out the ROI calculator um, after we're done on the call send me the results. So send me the results via email so that I can see that they did it. So again, not super difficult. They're going to go in, they're going to input the numbers. I'm going to make sure that they've seen it that way, that they've gone through and, and seen the results. And then I want their results as well, because I want to be able to talk about that during our next call, during the solution stage, pull those numbers in and really put some some meat there to say, it's not just kind of smoke and mirrors, but this is the actual dollar amounts that of the impact that we could have with a successful inbound marketing campaign to you. So they get to see it, go through that and experience it for themselves, send it to me so I can recap with them during the solution stage. Now, when we get to the solution stage, typically what I'm doing is presenting uh, the game plan uh, as a solution for them, potentially a retainer as well with a game plan as part of that in the beginning. Uh, but usually I'm selling the game plan at this stage. So what I'm doing is I'm asking them to review the material. So I'm going to send them some sales decks. I know that I'm talking with the decision makers. I know that they understand financially what this could mean. Now I'm going to send them some of the specifics on what does this game plan actually look like and what are we going through there. Simply review that and respond uh, with questions before our next call. So I just ask them, you know, please go through this send me an email letting me know, yes, I completed this. I went through this before our next call. And then if you have questions, include those in there so that I can come prepared with answers during the next uh, next stage here. During the decision stage, once they've agreed to, yeah, the game plans for us, what I ask them to do is we're going to then move into doing a contract with them. I will send them the contract 48 hours in advance to our call where we actually go through that contract together but I will ask them to review the contract ahead of time and that uh, the decision maker obviously is there and set the expectation that we're going to be going through this uh, contract together and signing it, you know, typically for us, great. It's like via Uber conference where we have a screen share going and I present the contract to them if they're not locally online. If it's locally, obviously you print it, you bring it in, you walk them through it uh, so that if they have any questions. You're not just sending off a contract and saying, Hey, I hope you guys sign this. Uh, you know, and people sit on it for three weeks and then maybe they sign it and maybe they don't. You have a, a dedicated time to where that process is going to happen with the assignment of making sure that that's reviewed. And if they have any questions, bring that there so I can answer those in the very beginning. This is the part where people get a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety there as they're trying to figure out, is this the right fit? Is this what we should be doing? That's why you never send contracts to people uh, just to review on their own without going through it with them. You want to be there. This is a very crucial moment. You want to be there to review that with them at this point. Uh, and make sure that they've already reviewed it in advance and brought any questions. You you hit those right in the beginning, alleviate their minds, and then you go right through presenting it to them, uh, walking them through, and then have them sign it at the end there with you on the line with them. Yep. Good stuff, Ryan. Thanks for the breakdown. Um, I've got a couple of things. Uh, one is I think we can talk about how we use the ROI calculator specifically um, because that's a tangible example of a tool uh, that you guys can go see without having to pay anything for. You don't need to go through the game plan training to be able to see our game plan material or anything like that. Um, but two is, I think that this might 
anybody who's doing this right now and doing assignment selling well is not going to be surprised by this. Anybody who's not doing it yet may be surprised by it. Your prospects love it when you do assignment selling. Um, the fact that you have a process that you're leading them through and that you're asking them to do these specific things, the serious prospects are actually going to appreciate this and enjoy the experience um, because it's not like you get on a call, blah, 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 things are said, and then you're like, okay, well, let's schedule another call. And three days go by, you jump on another call, you spend the first 10 minutes trying to recap what you talked about last time, and then you spend the next five minutes trying to set an agenda for this call. And then you have some conversations and you're not prepared. Um, this type of structure, serious prospects are going to be all about this um, and really get on board with it and appreciate it. The other, the other benefits are um, for you internally, this is obviously one of the reasons that they like it is they're putting in this homework in between calls. They're learning more and seeing that you have a process. You're setting an expectation that they can trust that you've got a process and that you're going to take care of them through the process. But, um, but they're having a chance to figure out whether you are or aren't a good fit. And it may be uh, between that second call and the third call as they're going through the gameplay material or as they're filling out the ROI calculator that they go – this is not for me. I'm not serious enough to do this or for these reasons, this is not a good fit for me. And they may weed themselves out through that assignment zone process. Um, but I think uh, that I have been very surprised by how much people have liked it. I thought when we were implementing assignment selling very early on before even knowing what it was called, I thought this might annoy people. This might turn people away. Um, I don't know how this will go. But uh, – but yeah, I think that your prospects are actually going to like it. So I am going to pause there um, on th what that looks like and talk real quickly here about the ROI calculator. So if you go to uh, tools.guavabox.com slash inbound uh, dash revenue dash calculator, we'll come up with an easier one. You can just go to doinbound.com slash sales journey to grab uh, a link to that. But we have this ROI calculator and there's a couple things that are really effective here. So basically we're just asking people to put in five simple inputs that they know currently to see what the potential estimated return of inbound marketing could be based on some of the typical things that we see it from doing with our clients. And some of those typical things are we increase their website traffic uh, and we increase their conversion rates. Um, there's a bunch of other things that happen as well. But um, – but, I mean, those are two things that are almost guaranteed to happen. It would be very surprising if you worked with our agency and we didn't do both of those things for you in a, in a pretty substantial way. So what, could, what would be the impact of doing that for your company? And there's a, a couple of things that happen here. One is assignment selling-wise, um, people are going in, they're filling this out, they're downloading a PDF copy of their results, which they're then able to share internally. That's triggering an email on the back end uh, to us over at the agency. And so we're able to see did these people actually fill it out or not. Uh, we've asked them to fill it out, to download it, and to send us a copy that they'll share with us, um, which they uh, – you know, if they don't do that, if they can't even take the time to go put in five numbers, um, that's a big deal. Now, this uh, – the numbers that we're asking for – we're asking for what their monthly traffic 
is right now to their website. We're asking for um, what their visit to lead conversion ratio is. How many of those leads or contacts that they're generating are actually qualified to work as sales prospects? What's their close rate during the sales process? And then what's the value of an average customer? What's your customer lifetime value? And what we're doing is we're starting to get them thinking about these five inputs right now. So I've had folks uh, who have eventually become customers who've tried to go through this process and they've said, I just have no idea. And they'll send me an email and say, I would have sent you my results, but I didn't know what to put in and I didn't want to lie about it. Um, And you're starting to get them thinking about these numbers that are really important and have a huge impact on, um, you know, the health of the partnership that you're going to have working with that customer because they're going to want to know what the ROI is. And if you're not, if you don't have a starting point of where you are right now and you don't have a goal that you're shooting for, how are you going to showcase that ROI? Um, so it's already getting them thinking in that way. That's benefit number one. Benefit number two is the fact that this math or the ROI is being generated right in front of them. The fact that it's in a calculator, it's not you're not inputting stuff into a hidden spreadsheet and then saying, well, here's what I think we could do. They can kind of see how the whole math works. The psychological impact of that uh, has been really powerful and surprisingly powerful for something so simple um, early on. So I would encourage you, the more that you can use tools or very specific examples and case studies and get, think throughout the whole process, how can I get this prospect thinking in the right way about their marketing efforts and the ROI, um, I think that that is just an important step in trying to align everything in that way. And it's not, uh, I guess, as a disclaimer, it probably isn't even needed here, but not in a manipulative way. It's not like we're trying to get them to think about these five numbers so that they buy from us. It's We're trying to get them to think about these inputs and what could happen because this can have a huge impact on their business. And whether they work with us or don't work with us, however that comes out in the sales process, whatever we decide together, the, the right step is uh, for the relationship, hopefully that's going to help grow their business and it's going to be a beneficial process for them all the way through. So... Let's go ahead and wrap up the episode here. We've been uh, talking for 20-plus minutes right now. Uh, appreciate your time, the fact that you're willing to spend time with us every week um, and walk through how we use assignment selling. I would love to know. Ryan and I would both love to hear from you guys how you're currently using assignment selling. Um, and if you have any questions about how to do it, get in touch with us. Again, you can go to doingbound.com slash journey, grab the show notes there, leave a comment. Uh, we will do our best to respond to those ASAP. Um, and keep the conversation going. All right. Well, don't forget to join us again next week where we're going to talk about uh, one of the things that kind of comes out of this assignment selling stuff. And assignment selling helps us know when to give up on a prospect. And that's the subject we're going to be tackling next week is when and how do you say uh, farewell or or uh, goodbye for now or let's put this on pause during the sales process. And that can be a tricky subject. It's something that so many agencies struggle with and don't do and they kind of just run through the whole process even when they have a horrible feeling in their gut about how it's going to turn out. They still work the process and often either wind up with a customer they didn't want to have or way more frequently get to the end and it fizzles out anyways. They knew it was going to happen the whole time. So how do you know when to give up and then how do you do that diplomatically? We'll be tackling that next week. Until then, have a great week and keep pushing forward. 
Thank you for listening to Inbound Sales Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash salesjourney. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash salesjourney. Today's show is sponsored by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you head over to iTunes and subscribe. Make sure you leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.